Welcome to the Four Pillars Podcast with John Garrett. This is the podcast about health, wealth, love, and happiness. Now here it is. Hey. Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh, thanks for thanks for hopping on here. Um, uh, you are you uh, you ready to go or? Yeah, I'm I'm ready. Whenever you're ready. All right, all right, cool deal. So, um, uh, pretty pretty excited uh, to have you on. You know, I know I talked to you uh, early on about having you uh, come on here. It took a long time to really do a whole lot of research as to what platforms I wanted to use as to. You know, just just getting all the logistics kind of together, and uh, and a and somewhat of a schedule of all the people that I wanted. But uh, real quick, I wanted to tell you really real quick about what the Four Pillars podcast is about. That's what it's called: is the Four Pillars podcast, and uh, we're talking about health, wealth, love, and happiness. So uh, those are the four pillars of the good life. Um, uh, yeah, as coined uh, by uh, influencer. Uh, Ty Lopez, and um, basically at any given time, uh, where we are in life, in our career, we're somewhere on those totem poles, right? We're right. We're, <laughs> we're either uh, you know doing really good on on one of them, or really bad on another, or you know we're kind of just always fluctuating. Um, but the but the two most important things that I always like to reiterate are, you know, where we came from. Uh, or where where we are on those on those uh, pillars, and then also where we're going. So so you have a start starting point, and then always a destination. So uh, I wanted to thank you for coming on and uh, speaking, you know, on the primarily on the wealth pillar. But I mean, I think that's going to tie into you know a lot of the other ones too. So oh, uh, thank yeah. So thanks for thanks for coming on here. Um, thanks for asking me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, uh, Bill Giffen is my guest, and uh, he is with uh, Centric Wealth Advisors. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. And so, me and Bill uh, met uh, in a networking group here in the Woodlands. Uh, a lot. It seems like uh, that's kind of a uh, recurring theme with uh, some of my guests. Um, right. But uh, but the but the really cool thing. Um, uh, that we have in common is that we kind of, you know, grew up uh, in theater and and in acting. Uh, why don't you Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? So I took my first acting class my senior year in high school because I had one more elective to take, and I didn't know what to take. Um, I'd always been interested in acting. Movies always fascinated me, but uh, being a very shy and introverted person, I I, I didn't want to do that. Uh, but some friends talked me into to taking that. They're like, ah, oh, it's an easy day. Just show up, do what you're supposed to do. They're not going to fail you. I'm like, okay. Um, and I loved it. I had a blast. I had a great teacher who really provided a safe environment um, to do the things they were asking you to, to do. And when I went to college, I took more classes and started auditioning for plays. And I started getting cast in plays. And it just took over from there. And so I try to do it as, as much as possible whenever I get the chance. 
Yeah, and so that's I, I think that's one of the really cool things about you is that, you know, uh, you're not you're not singularly focused. I, I mean, I'm not going to say that, <laughs> but that's probably a wrong way to say it. But uh, what I mean to say is that uh, you haven't you haven't given up on that. Like that's still very much a passion of yours. And and just because you're a wealth advisor doesn't mean that you don't pursue that. Absolutely. Yeah, I do. I end up doing about one or two plays a year on average. So it, that's it awesome. The, uh, uh, keeps the passion bucket filled on that end. Absolutely. And, and that's important. So that's so that the passion, I would say that's almost in the happiness pillar where, where you have the um, uh, I, I like to kind of put the two together, happiness or fulfillment, because if you're not being fulfilled in your passions, you know, it's it's going to affect all the other, all the other pillars. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would be, I would be miserable if I didn't, didn't have the opportunity to do that. Uh, which is one of the reasons why I left, uh, one of my jobs, which was teaching. I was an educator for nine years. Uh, but I didn't have the opportunity to go do plays whenever I wanted. And I finally admitted to myself and realized, no, I need to have that Avenue. Otherwise I'm, I'm going to be miserable. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and I feel a lot of artists, uh, you know, artists at heart are that way. Um, where, uh, I know, I know my father, you know, uh, my biological father, he, uh, he's a blues trumpet player and, uh, and he's kind of the same way where it's like, I mean, if he's not, if he's, if he doesn't get to play that horn, you know, he's kind of like, you know, uh, even though he plays the blues, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's a little more blue, I, I should say, if he doesn't get to play. So, so I totally understand that. I totally understand that. So, um, real quick, I, you know, uh, I kind of wanted to hear like your story with money. Like everybody, everybody kind of has a story with money. I, me personally, I grew up in a household where like, money really wasn't taken, I guess, seriously, or it's like, you know, it was here today, gone tomorrow, you know, no one really had any, uh, any sort of discipline towards money. And, uh, and I know, I mean, and that's just one of the like many, uh, scenarios that can happen, you know, in, you know, as you grow up and as you, uh, as you learn to, um, you know, deal with money, uh, what, what, what's kind of your story had, uh, tell me a little bit about that. Well, um, so I graduated from college and, uh, my goal was to go out to LA and get into films and TV. Um, but I didn't have any, any jobs that would give me income in order to do that. Cause it's a little bit expensive, uh, to get live out there. And so I was like, you know what, let me go back to school and get my teacher certification I'll teach theater and then at least that way I will have I will be doing you know have that in my life um and everything well during that time frame after I graduated and, and before I had made that decision my parents tried to talk to me about money from time to time but I just you know it's your parents talking so you're not listening I mean you listen and you understand what they're saying but you don't take it to heart you don't implement it you don't do anything with that information because you're just like oh okay anyway so guys what are we doing tonight uh you know uh type of a thing so i graduated from college and then 
about a year and a half later, uh, I found a lump. And so I pretty much knew right away that it was cancer. And I probably waited about a week, week and a half, uh, went online, did a little bit of research and everything seemed to be coming back like, yes, that's, you are correct. So made the appointment with the doctor. Yes, I had cancer. Uh, and the next week I went to a urologist and they did ultrasound and they confirmed it. And so then they scheduled the surgery for the following week. Now, I did not have any insurance at this time because I was over the age limit at that point to be on my parents' insurance. Um, so thankfully, I made so little money working at the Woodlands Mall at the time uh, that I was able to apply and get uh, state assistance uh, from the state. So uh, that paid for everything. Wow. But that was the, you know, one of the first real, real, you know, kind of eye openers. Uh, even though it didn't really open my eyes at the time either. Um, and so I went through the the tumor. The cancer was probably about less than a centimeter in diameter. So that's how early I caught it. Um, and I spoke up, you know, and, and when wow. I went in, a lot of the doctors thanked me uh, for that because a lot of people don't speak up. So stage one and two, which is a lot easier to treat, then fall into and turn into stage three and four, which become... A little bit harder and you know a lot of times doesn't end well unfortunately so then i had to do i didn't have i made choice because they gave me two options they said after the surgery they gave me a month to recover and they said all right you got two options option one uh you can do nothing because we we got it out we feel it was encapsulated but you'll have like a 70 something percent chance of of living a normal life from here on out I said option two is we can do preventative chemo just in case there's that one little cell running around the body uh, and we can take care of it. And you'll have a 90-something percent chance of living a, a normal, healthy life after this. Okay, when do we start? <laughs> and so it was like Monday. So I was like, all right. So I had to do two rounds uh, of preventative chemo. And each round consisted of three weeks at a time. So the first week I would go in, I was hooked up to three or four bags of chemo for about eight hours each day, and Monday through Friday. Second week, I went in on a Monday, and they gave me one shot that lasted 10 minutes uh, for them because it was so cold and so powerful, they can't just you know shoot it all in one shot uh, type of a thing. And then the third week, the same thing as the second week. I got that 10-minute shot again. So I did two of those rounds. Um, everybody reacts differently. Everyone's different. There was uh, when I did my first round on my first day, I met a gentleman who was probably about 50 years old at, at that point in time. And he had the exact same cancer as I did. And his treatment was three rounds. And so he was starting round two when I was starting round one. So we were going to, mm. we were going to finish up together, but I reacted horribly. I did not react well uh, to it at all. I mean, I lost all my hair. I, I dropped to under 110 pounds. Um, uh, I couldn't keep anything down. I couldn't sleep. Uh, you know, I, I reacted horribly. Him, on the other hand, oh, he could eat whatever he wanted. He didn't have much mm. hair to begin with, so he didn't, didn't lose anything. But, you know, I didn't have much to begin with. He could sleep. Didn't really affect him at all. 
uh, and everything. So it just really, you know, it reacts differently. And unfortunately, you know, it, I've reacted horribly to it. Um, and, and that's just, just part of that. So when I got out, I did some, some, uh, showcases here in Houston to try to get some interest as far as directors and agents uh, from here in LA. And I got some, but then that's when the thought was like, I'm not going to make any money to go out there. I don't want to wait tables. I don't want to bartend. I already knew that's what I didn't want to do. Um, and so I said, you know what, let me go back to school and get my teacher certification. So I did. And I got my first job at a middle school up in Huntsville for a spring semester. Um, so they, they couldn't really get anybody to, to, to stick around. And, and so I, I got I got an interview and they accepted me and it's like, all right, cool. So this is my first living wage paycheck uh, that I've ever had in my life. And what do I do? What most Americans do, spend, go eat wherever I want. I don't care if I don't have the money right now. I got a credit card, I'll just do that. <laughs> oh you know what? I'm going to get me a big screen TV surround sound. Gotta have it. I love movies. Um, and so it was I'm an invest. It was an investment. Exactly. It was an investment. You know, I'm doing I mean, research. It's constant that's right. research. Let me write this off on my taxes. Um, right. uh, and so, you know, I, I built myself into a hole uh, sure. and everything. Uh, the next year I got a job in the woodlands at college park and that's where I spent the rest of uh, my teaching career was at College Park High School over in the Woodlands. And I paid off the debt and I got right back into it, which is what a lot of people do. Because uh, a lot of people just don't have that accountability or that, that person to help keep them accountable uh, with things. And you know, sometimes it takes two or three times before we as humans learn things um, as well. And so that was the first, first real you know, struggle and, and concept of, you know, how can I do this? How can I get out of it? You know, what does this really look like? And I still had, I still was clueless at that time. And when I left teaching, I had no idea what I was going to do. No clue. I just knew I had to get out. So I left mid-year after the fall semester in 2014. And then in the summer of 2015, I was flooding the internet with resumes, uh, LinkedIn, and a recruiter called me from uh, a supplemental insurance company. And I answered the phone. They're like, hey, we'd love to have you come in uh, for, for an overview. You know, teachers do really well in our industry and everything. And so my inner monologue was like, I don't know back about insurance. What? And I don't want to sell anything. I don't like to be sold. What? But my, my outer voice uh, said, sure, I'll come in for, a, for an overview because I was just open. You know, not necessarily when I'm talking about, you know, I had the time in the day. Yes, I had the time in the day at that point. But, you know, I was just open, open to listening, open to hearing what's out there. And I did. So I, I went in, there was probably about 20 of us in the room. And the regional coordinator came in and kind of talked to us for about 10 minutes and very conversational. I mean, just like we're doing right now, but in front of 20 people. And went over the the history of the company, how the policies worked, and the general pricing of it. And I was like, "Well, first off, you came at us the right way. If you would have came at us any other way, you're going to make six figures in your first year. You're going to make money. We're going to make it rich." I would have been out the door. I would not have given that person a second thought. But he came at us the right way. So I was like, "All right, 
you had my interest. Now you have my attention. Um, was my thought process. And then once he started talking about the policies and how they're benefiting people, I was like, well, I understand that right away because of what I had gone through. And then with education and the insurances, I was seeing the premiums go up, deductibles, out-of-pocket price uh, prices. So I was seeing that need to kind of help offset those things. So I immediately pretty much bought in right away and said, yeah, let's, let's do this. So about six months later into, into that career, uh, I joined a networking group and I, I met a, a gentleman and when I was visiting and I was like, I don't know, there's something about this guy. I want to be in business with that guy. So I joined that group so that I could be in business with, with that gentleman who was the financial planner. Um, hmm. and, and that would be Oscar Mondragon. And, um, <laughs> yeah. so so we developed a great relationship, uh, learned a little bit, but I still had no idea what he really did or anything. And I didn't have any money for him to do anything with anyway. So couldn't, I couldn't really figure it out because I'm like, I don't have anything to give you. So I can't see exactly what you do um, <laughs> type of a thing. But we just built that great relationship and, and we would have lunch with him and his partner, Zach, uh, from time to time. And, you know, they would talk to me about possibly coming over and, and being under their umbrella. And I'd be like, no, I'm not, I'm not ready yet. I want to, let me stick with this. I'm not saying, you know, maybe in the future, but just not, not, not good. And then a little over four years ago, uh, we were having breakfast and, and Oscar was like, Hey, look, I know we've talked before, but let's have a serious conversation. I was like, all right, I'm listening. And so he kind of laid out the growth of their company, uh, that they had formed and where they were going, the training. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I'm in. He's like, I think you do really well on this side of things, uh, and you'd be able to help people on a on a much grander scale. Um, so I jumped in and said yes. Um, that that December, he showed me a life insurance policy that he was working on, and my mind was blown away. I had no idea you could do some of those those things, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And then in January, he showed me some of the financial plans they were working on and how they were using technology to, to help integrate the planning systems. And again, I was just blown away. I had no idea. And it was just amazing. And I just feel really fortunate to be, to be part of such an organization uh, like Centric. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So, I mean, man, you had so many things in there that I, I kind of want to comment on and, and, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to backpedal a little bit yeah. and, uh, kind of, so something that kind of gets glazed over, I think in terms of health, uh, you, you talked about your, your journey, you know, uh, in, in the health pillar right. and it's like, uh, one of my mentors always said that it's like, you can have everything else in the four pillars, but if you don't have health, it's like all that stuff really isn't worth, you know, what you initially think it's worth. And, right. and, uh, I, you know, I, I, I wanted to kind of reiterate that because it's like, you know, you, you lived it and you saw how important it was, you know, and I mean, you know, it's like, we don't, we don't value something as much until we don't have it anymore, you know, and it's, and, uh, and I'm sure, I'm sure that was a less, a life lesson in and of itself for you. And I'm, you know, I'm so glad that you caught it early and that you're, you know, 
that you use that to springboard off of to uh, to find what you wanted to do. And um, I, th- I thought that was a really, really cool um, kind of a, kind of just a caveat that I wanted to throw in there uh, with what you shared. Learn to become a master at generating traffic to you or your products. Brought to you by entrepreneur millionaire Ty Lopez. Ty is going to show you the exact methods of how he is driving traffic to his new business acquisitions like Pier 1, Model Sporting Goods, Dress Barn, and Linens and Things, as well as show you what's worked for him in the past. Remember, if you want to be successful, model success. Critics have written about it, marketers have tried to dissect it, entrepreneurs have tried to copy it, but now, for the first time ever, the team behind it all is finally opening the doors and sharing the secrets, the methods, the data, the strategy, the results. This is every marketer's dream, finally answered. Go check out Ty Lopez's Traffic Mastery Program at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Traffic Mastery by Ty. That's all lowercase. That's bit.ly slash Traffic Mastery by Ty, all lowercase. Go check it out. Um, in terms of like financial uh, advice or anything like that, it's like it's a different world. It's you like you don't you don't know that world until you kind of step into it. It's like. Um, you know, I've, I've always had friends who like, you know, traded stocks, did a little bit of day trading, did a little bit of, and there's, there's like so many, so many different things that pertain to wealth. And, uh, it's, it's almost like, you know, you've seen that movie UHF where, uh, with, uh, Al, Weird Al, Weird Al. and yep. yeah, <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's the kid, you get to drink from the fire hose <laughs> and it's, and the fire hose comes out. And that, like, I swear, anytime I ever look into any financial, anything that's, I mean, that's almost how I feel, you know? Uh, I mean, would you say that that is really, you know, kind of your role in, to, you know, to change that fire hose into uh, a more uh, palatable, um, you know, spigot or, yes. <laughs> you know, a glass of water. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of the the biggest things that, that I love about about our firm and, you know, one of the reasons why I, I, I joined and I did buy into this firm is is just for that fact alone. Right. So we really do a great job of our lead advisors. So I'm on the business development side, business uh, relationships, and our lead advisors do a really great job of educating our, you know, potential clients and our clients of the options that are available to them and not just saying, oh, you know, this is what you need to do. No, it's like, look, there are several options that we can go with. You know, this is option A. These are the pros and the cons. This is option B, pros and the cons. Option C, pros and the cons. So that they really understand and have that educated insight now to make that that real decision on which way, which direction they want to go into because we want to do what's in the best interest of the client. You know, we, we are a, a fiduciary-based firm, which means just that. We, we have a moral and legal obligation to do what's in the client's best interest. And so by taking that route, it allows us to do just that, become educators. Um, 
for people, which is highly important because again, it's a step-by-step process, just like you said, right? Let's not open the fire hose and just mow you down because then you're going to be overwhelmed and going, what the heck's going on? I don't know. They want us to do this. Now they want us to do this. And then no, one step at a time, you know, this is the first step, you know, a little later, we'll talk about the second step, but we're not there right now. Don't jump to step five when we're only on step two. Hold on. Uh, and just go through the process and trust the process um, because you are you're you know you're working with professionals now and they're we're not gonna we're not gonna let you down you know we only do well when our clients do well so we're gonna be tied at the hip with our clients and sit on the same side of the table as them. That's great. So so one term that you that stuck out to me what what you just uh, kind of explained about your uh, company in particular is that you guys are fiduciaries um, and not all uh, financial advisors are. Is that correct? That is correct. So, okay. So yeah. T- tell me, tell me a little more about that. Yeah. Just to educate anybody who's listening. So you have the fiduciary side, um, which I just mentioned, and then you have a suitability side, right? So if you have an advisor who is a suitability advisor, they could have product A, product B, right? And they they might both be right for you and do a good job for the client, but, you know, product A over here, you know, might might be a little better commission for them. So they're going to steer you towards product A, um, you know, sometimes. And so you got to look at that and and see, you know, it's a possibility doesn't mean it's going to happen, but that possibility is there. Um, whereas, you know, if they're, they're both right for us, we're going to push for the best option. Uh, that's really going to do the best interest within the client. So they don't have to worry about that. Um, but that way the suitability standard, you know, there's no recourse, uh, for clients to come sue them because all they have to prove is no, it was suitable. It was suitable for the client. Um, us, uh, there's recourse. Uh, if you're held to the, to the fiduciary standard then clients have recourse, uh, to come after you, uh, type of a thing. So, uh, it, it, uh, you know, makes us really look at things and make sure we are doing what's in the best interest. We are presenting them with all the information. And if they say, no, I'm not comfortable with that particular option. Okay. But we told you about it. You know, our job is done. We, we, we showed you it and you declined it. Cool. You know, and we'll make our notes and, and everything like that, you know, because sometimes people forget and they're like, Hey, how come we didn't, well, we did talk about this, you know, here you go. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, well, can we talk about that again? Okay, sure. Uh, but you know, we, we really do want to show them all the options and let them, you know, we're working together. So it's not just the firm telling them what to do. It's, it's the firm working with them. To, to navigate that path because it's it's not an easy path to, to navigate right so you you said the uh, suitable uh, and the fiduciary basically are the two the two you know main differences where um, basically if you you basically you're you're doing good when I do good right you're like so your your motivation is to work in my best interest. Because the better I do, the better you'll do. Where the suitable, they get paid the same thing as long as it's suitable. I mean, is that kind of fair to say? 
Right. And then kind of to, to piggyback off of what you just said, I mean, there's there's two also different types of advisors. There's commission advisors and fee-based advisors. So we choose the fee-based advisor route because it does just that. You know, the client is tro- totally transparent. The client knows what their fees are going to be every month. And if their account goes up, our fees go up. If their account goes down, our fees go down type of a thing. So that's what I mean by tied at the hip. And we only do better when they do better. Um, right. And we find that to be the best route for us um, and to keep within that fiduciary role uh, in line so that it does. It, it, it you know, is a motivating factor. Let's make sure we are doing the right thing and showing the, the best options for the client. Gotcha. So let me, let me ask you this question. Who needs a financial advisor? That's a great question, uh, which people ask all the time. Um, I mean, really, I mean, in my opinion, everybody, you know, and of course people are going to be like, ah, that's because you are, you are one. So of course you're going to say that it's like, yeah, but you know, think about it. How many times do things change within your life? Right. You know, five years from now, your life is totally different. 10 years from now, your life is totally different. You might get married, you might lose a job, you might want to change jobs, and you might not know, can I afford to change jobs and take less of an income, you know, or what happens when taxes get an increase, or what happens if Social Security gets gets eliminated, right? So these are all things that working with, you know, a, a financial advisor can help with because they're going to help navigate that and show you those scenarios and, and how to navigate them, you know. Um, and not everybody, you know, engages us in, in the financial planning side. So, you know, we have multiple sides to our firm that, that people can engage us in. Uh, but that is one of them, you know, that financial life management, because things change, marriage, divorce, uh, children being born, um, unexpected losses in the family um, type of a thing. So one of the things that I, that I really like about you know, financial advising or advisors, or, or I guess the approach is that it, it ties really well, you know, with the four pillars, because you're looking, basically you're setting this goal, this end goal of where you want to be. And then you're kind of reverse engineering that. And I know, uh, you know, um, anytime I've ever heard uh, any of my mentors say, you know, if you want to get from point A to point B, but you've never been to point B before, you just have to reverse engineer it. It's like, okay, what does that, what does that look like? What does, you know, um, you know, if you're not making a hundred thousand dollars a year now, but you want to, what does, what does that look like? You know, and you, you know, you almost, you do, you kind of have to use your imagination and say, okay, well, uh, you know, a hundred you know, if I made this or if I wanted to net this, you know, what are some of the things that I'm spending my money on? What are some of the things I'm not spending my money on? You know, and how exactly do I get there? Um, so that's that's actually like really one of the one of the things I love. And not only that, it's you're you're taking so you have a level of expertise and you you're basically being a mentor. And one of my favorite all time quotes is by uh, Sir Isaac Newton, you know, if I've seen further, it's by standing upon the shoulders of giants. 
and uh, and you know so basically we're we're living this residual of all those people who came before us, and you know whether whether we acknowledge that or not, which you know I feel less and less that people acknowledge that <laughs> hey a whole lot of hard work and sacrifice went into all the luxuries that we have uh, and that we're living today, but uh, but I, I think it's it's neat because. It's it's not just you. It's your it's your company, your advisors. Y'all are. I mean, you come together and you help that individual see further, or you know, get reach further than probably what they initially thought was uh, possible. Absolutely, and I really like what you just said because that's exactly it, right? So a lot of people, you know. Okay, you just asked me why. Who needs it, right? So uh, if I ask somebody. Okay, great. When do you want to retire? What age are you going to retire? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Okay, well, how much money are you going to need? Uh, I don't know. Well, let's help you figure that out, right? And so that's where that, that sophisticated technology comes into play that, that our lead advisors use and have access to is we can pinpoint and say, based on the, the path you're on currently, this is when your money runs out. If you don't do anything different today, this is when it runs out. And then we can put in the strategies uh, that we are going to advise them on by the lead advisor and show them if you do this and this, then with high probability, this is going to get you to the goal that you're, you're looking to get. Because again, most people don't know how much money they're going to need in retirement, which is going to be a lot more than they honestly think. Because as we get older, what, what gets affected more and more, it's one of the pillars, health, right? Yep. We're going to need more health care. We're going to need more medicine. And what comes along hand in hand with medicine and uh, uh, the health services now, technology. What are two of the most expensive things in America? Health and technology. Yeah, absolutely. Right? <laughs> you know, plus you got to account for inflation, you know. Yeah. These people who want to, you know, retire early and all of this stuff. Well, a lot of them don't take into account the inflation. It's like, oh, great. No, that you're looking at today's money only. You're not looking at 30 and 40 and 50 years from now what that money really looks like. And you probably don't have enough if you didn't work with a professional to make sure that, yeah, you, you'll be okay. Yeah. So, so I, I kind of want to, I think, go a little deeper into, you know, where you are at the end it's like people people usually don't think about you know think about the future more often um and in in my experience i know that's like that that was probably one of the biggest uh downfalls of you know i mean and i'm not going to say downfalls because we are where we are and we've learned what we've learned because of you know <laughs> what we've gone through and i'm thankful that I went through that period to know that, hey, it's really important to make sure you keep in front of, keep your goals in front of you. Because if you don't have those goals in front of you, you know, you can get sidetracked and, and, and things can happen. And like you said, it's like, I mean, anything can happen. Anything can happen in the next 15 years. I mean, and is, uh, so I guess I'll, what I, what I wanted to ask you is, um, like asset asset management, how much of that do you feel is a big part of the puzzle? And I guess not not just asset management, but you know where where that stuff is going to go 
when you're not here anymore. I think that's one of the things that people people just don't think about is that, you know, oh, well, we're going to live forever. You know, that's, that's definitely not going to be the case. And, uh, you know, we could be hit by a bus tomorrow, God forbid, you know, obviously. Um, but that's something that how important is that whenever you're talking to potential clients? Um, I mean, is that, is, that a, uh, is that a focal point of kind of what you guys do, or do you guys partner with um, uh, estate planners, I guess, is, what I, is really what I should say, not asset, but estate planning. Do you, is that something you guys do? So we partner with estate planners and estate attorneys. Uh, because it is such a huge uh, piece of the puzzle, just like you said. Um, but we, we are not experts in that. Uh, they are. So that's yeah. why we want to build those relationships. But we absolutely have that within our discussions and our talks because it is a huge part of uh, the puzzle. And so we want to make sure we are having those conversations to make sure you know, our clients have a will, uh, they're meeting with the with the estate planners and estate attorneys to make sure the money is going to where they want it to go to, whether it's family members, you know, or an organization they feel really strongly about, or you know, even their religious organizations or all of the above. You know, what does that look like, and how can we help distribute it on based on your wants and needs, and make sure we send you to the right people that are going to make sure legally that that happens because one of the worst things that can happen in the world is, is just like you said, you know, you get hit by a bus and you have nothing in place. Now everything's in probate. And now mm -hmm. a lot of things can go awry uh, because of that. So, you know, we, we do have a, a risk department uh, as part of our three options that, that we have services in. Um, and that's where the, the, the premature death comes into play, long-term care, um, the different risks within the markets, inflation, taxes, uh, but that's where that falls into. And we definitely have those conversations with our clients. Absolutely. Because we want to make sure, hey, you worked hard for your money. You need to have a say to where it's going, you know, right. when it is your time, whether that's tomorrow or 50 or 60 years from now. So one of, yeah, one of the, one of the biggest things that I heard that kind of changed my outlook um, is, you know, once, once you have offspring, once you have kids, you kind of start thinking a little different because, you know, I, I was raised, I was raised in the church and, uh, you know, one of the, uh, I want to say it's one of the Proverbs that says, you know, a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children. And, uh, that like, once I had kids, that was like so life-changing in terms of what I was doing with my money. Because again, like, you know, here I am, doesn't matter what I'm making, you know, am I, am I a wise man in my finances to where I could leave something for my kids? And, and that's, you know, I know, I'm pretty sure that's a goal, you know, that you guys up there for your clients it says okay you know how much do you want to leave for your kids you know and how are you going to accumulate that um so i know there's you know several different products that you guys offer but i mean uh you know in that scenario i mean i'm sure i'm sure there's not a blanket answer so 
uh, you can kind of go through all these uh, all the different uh, things. But you know, with life insurance, is do you think that's the best you know foundation at least to make sure that there's something left for the kids? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, and people, you know, you use that term products, right? Uh, so people also ask us all the time you know, within the first five minutes, you know, what products do you got? And I'll, I'll look at them and say, advice and relationships. No, seriously, come on, dude. What products you yeah, got? I'm like, advice and relationships. Yeah. I said, because I don't know you. I don't know anything about you. We don't know anything. We don't know how many kids you got. We don't know if you're married. We don't know what assets you got. I can't, what do you mean? If I say something, then you know, I could be totally misleading you and yeah. it could be totally not right for you. So that's, you know, so we are, we, we have advice on relationships is, is what we have. And to, to go to your point on, on the life insurance. Yeah, absolutely. That's part of the risk management portion of the three tiers of offerings that we have that people can engage us in because, you know, kind of like you already said, it's a foundation. That's the first piece of the puzzle, right? So if you think of the triangle of wealth management, your base and your foundation is that life insurance. You know, if you pass, everything else goes away. It doesn't matter. If you don't have life insurance or the appropriate amount of life insurance, which most people don't understand how much they actually need, um, they just think, again, that you're trying to sell them a whole bunch of life insurance or anything like that. But that's when we can plug it in into the software and say, no, look. We can show you right there. That's what happens. Yeah. Um, but if that if that foundation falls, nothing else matters. You can do all the planning you want in the world. It's gone. You know, people get a hundred thousand dollars. They think, uh, oh, I got a one year salary at work. <laughs> That's nothing. You know, and that goes away really quickly. And if you lose right. your job, what happens? And you can't take it with you. Uh, yeah. Type of a thing. So so absolutely, we look at. We always review the life insurance and the disability uh, as well as long-term care because most people aren't prepared for their long-term care costs um, yeah. as well. So the state of Texas, I believe, is one of the least expensive long-term care states, and it starts at 70 grand a year, you know, and one in four wow. people will be going to long-term care at some point in their life for, you know, two to three years. So yeah. how are you going to protect that? You know, let's look at the different ways that we can we can do those things. And sometimes we can do a two for one, turn one dollar into two dollars and take care of two things at one time. Um, it just really depends on on how to get the best bang for your buck to make sure, like you said, you're appropriately protected uh, in case something happens so that you and your family are, are protected. You won't have to worry about them. Become an e-commerce certified specialist within the next four months. Go check out this free online training with mega millionaire and influencer, one of my mentors, Ty Lopez. Okay, learn how to get the skills you need to sell virtually any product online. You can learn how to grow a new online business or even have others pay you to run their e-commerce store. In this exclusive free training by Ty Lopez, uh, he's going to reveal to you how you can launch new ventures online almost instantly or take your existing store or business to the next level. With behind-the-scenes insights and tips from his own empire of brands that are generating millions, yes, I said millions of dollars every week, 
there has never been a better time to take the next step in becoming an e-commerce expert. To go check out that free online training by Ty Lopez, you're going to go to bit.ly slash certified e-commerce. That's bit.ly slash certified e-commerce. You're going to want to go check that out. So the dollar isn't going as far as it used to, and we're living longer than we ever have before. Um, you, you were talking about the three tiers. Can you, can you divulge that a little bit more? Sure. So, you know, you, you have your base, which is that foundation, right? Which you got to protect that, which is, you know, the life insurance. And then on one side of the, of the pyramid, that's your accumulation phase. That's where you're accumulating wealth. But then what a lot of people don't think about and realize is that that third side of the triangle and that's the distribution side, right? So once you accumulate it and you retire, how is that money going to be distributed to you to last you uh, the rest of your life? Because, you know, we don't want to plan until age 80 and then, oh, we turn 81. What happens then right. uh, type of a thing? So currently, uh, you know, we, we always plan until a certain certain age, which is, you know, a lot longer than 80. Uh, but we're, we're going to have to adjust that because just like you said, people are living longer. Um, medicine's getting better. Uh, people are eating healthier or trying to. Uh, and the, all of those things with, with technology, it's all just going to enable people to, to live longer. So now they're going to have to, you know, plan more efficiently and have different plans in place and different revenue streams and sources that are going to accumulate so that when it's distribution time, they're, they're not running out. If you were to tell someone, you know, say like the top three most important things when it comes to dealing with their money, um, you know, maybe maybe uh, earning more might be a priority, maybe saving more might be a priority, um, investing more. You know, I, I know a lot of people who think that saving is the same as investing, but it's definitely not. Um which one, which one do you really see as, um, I guess, the, the best way to accumulate wealth? Well, I mean, and that's, that's also a tricky question as well. Um, so I'm probably going to answer it and probably not answer it at the same time. Um, but, you know, because everyone is different, right? So your goals and values are different than mine, which are different than somebody else's. So it's really kind of hard to say. Because some people are dead set on, I want real estate, only real estate. I'm not touching any of that, you know, investment stuff other than real estate. I don't want to talk about uh, stocks. I don't want to talk about bonds. Nope. Real estate is the life for me. And then other people you have are like, no, I don't want to touch anything real estate. Stocks and bonds are the life for me. So it really is just based on that person's goals and values, right? So to me, the most important things that I would say is, number one, start as early as possible, whatever it is that you're doing. And you could change along the way, and that's okay. You know, a lot of people are hybrid people. They want real estate and the stocks and bonds because they want better and more diversification, right? So number one, start as early as possible because if you see 
you know, if you go online, you can find the charts and the data pretty, pretty easily. But you can see the difference between somebody who starts at 26 versus 36 versus 46 versus 56 and so yeah. on. And what that power of, uh, of compounding can do uh, for individual and or family. I mean, it's huge. So, you know, one, start early. Two, learn the power of compounding and how that's going to best, you know, work for you. And three, you know, start start take, talking with professionals. Start talking with professionals as early as possible as well, because number one, that's your first investment. That's going to be your number one first investment. If you speak with a professional, I tell people all the time, they're like, I haven't talked to them. I said, congratulations, you just talked to us. That's your first investment you made right there. Yeah. And all you yeah, did was good. invest time, right? You spent an hour with us. That's all you did was invest time, but you invested that time and took that first step, right? And then the next step, because it's all an investment in yourself and your family. And most people don't look at it that way. You know, they're thinking, oh, I got to pay this person X amount of money, so forth and so on. I don't, have, I don't need now. And so that's a myth as well. There's a lot of myths out there. Myth number one is that planners are expensive and they can't afford this. Now, Myth number two is that not everybody has wealth. No, everybody has wealth. Just some have positive and some have negative. Hey, I've been in the <laughs> negative yeah. before and for a long time. So, yeah. you know, I'm not knocking it. It's just it's just the straight up facts um, type of a thing. Everybody has some sort of net worth and some sort of wealth. It's either positive or negative uh, on where you're at. So, so that you can have that person to help guide you and educate you. But within that process, talk to... Talk to a handful, you know, mm -hmm. talk to talk to three different ones so that you can see the differences between each of them. How are they talking to you? How are they treating you? Which ones are going to align with your goals and values and are going to make you comfortable? Because at the end of the day, you need to feel good about what you're doing and who you're working with. Right. Yeah. Um, because you want to be successful and you want to have that relationship so that if you have questions, you can feel good about asking them. And not being afraid to call them. I think too many people are powered by fear. You know, they're afraid to start. They're afraid they don't have enough. They don't, they're afraid of this and that. And so they're afraid to pick up that phone call and start making those calls to get help because we're also very prideful. You know, we don't want to be judged. Um, and we, we let the people know, you know, this is not a judgment. This is a judge free zone because we're here to help. You know, we're a resource. Mm -hmm. That's, we, we want you to be open and honest with us because that's the only way we're going to do the best job for you uh, type of a thing. So I would say I would say those things. One, start as early as possible. You know, learn the power of compounding and speak to a handful. Don't speak to a lot because people, when you speak to too many people, then you get overanalyzed and paralyzed. Then you don't know what to do. You know, yeah. talk, to, talk to three people and then, and then go from there um, type of a thing. I, so it's really cool. You, you touched on what I consider to be the formula to success and you can kind of, you know, implant it, you know, really on anything is that you have to, A, you have to know where you are and know where you want to go. Right. So talking to, talking to a professional, talking to a mentor, talking to someone who has the path. You know, that, that's, you know, you need, that's something you have to do. And then my, the second step, if that was a B would be to take action. So, you know, um, 
first and and again you you do you have to leave your pride to the side because no one you know you you even talked about going going to the doctor early on to find you know if if you would have been prideful or you know I mean, you, you took it head on. I mean, I'm sure there was some level of fear, you know, uh, but at the same time, you weren't so prideful to where you didn't seek out the knowledge uh, to where, you know, in order to be able to take action, because you have to seek out the knowledge in order to take action. So those are the first two. And then three is monitor your results. And I know that's what you guys do is that you're, you're constantly looking at ways to improve the situation. You're, you're looking at the goal and you're saying, okay, are, is what we're doing, is the actions we're taking getting us closer or further away to our goal? So, uh, I mean, and you, you, you know, you brilliantly uh, laid it all out there. Um, good for you. Uh, way to go. Good job. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, Real quick, where? So, are, are you are you a national company, or can you only operate in Texas? Our headquarters is here in the Houston area. Most of our clients are in the Houston area, but we have clients um, in different states uh, as well. Okay, so where where can where can people find you? So uh, we can you can find us at centricadvisor.com. Uh, and uh, I'll share with you the links, uh, John, as well, so that you can see more about our website, as well as you can click on my link and, and learn a little bit more about, about me or the other advisors and get to know, learn a little bit more about, about our firm and our processes and, and, you know, see some videos about us uh, that are a little bit, you know, a nice first step for somebody so that they can kind of have that uh, relaxed you know, sitting at home. Okay, let me check these guys out. Oh, okay, okay, nice. Oh, well, that's that guy. Okay, that's that's their point of view, or that's where they're coming from. Um, which is a really nice nice option to have for people. That way, it's a little a little stress free um, and a and a more relaxed atmosphere for them. And then uh, they can reach out reach out from there. Um, but I, I'll also share my email with you and, and my, okay. my contact info. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll definitely put that in the uh, podcast notes. Two final questions I have for you, Bill. Okay. What, what pillar are you currently rated highest on? Okay, we got... Health. If you if you were to rate yourself, yeah, yeah, health, wealth, love, and happiness. Love, I'm gonna say, love also to is also relationships. So you know, uh, if you have really strong relationships, uh, whether it's friends, uh, uh, significant others, things like that, um, that would be under love slash relationships. And then happiness, fulfillment, you know, uh, following your passions and your desires, and uh, that fulfilling. I would say the highest one currently is uh, the love um, pillar currently because I have a lot of a lot of strong friendships, uh, the relationships that I built, a lot of support, and I feel you know I give that back uh, to the friends and, and people that I've made those relationships with. Uh, so that is the strongest currently. Um, I'm working on my my health and wealth. Um, portion of that 
Uh, I would say the the second most pillar is probably the the happiness side uh, because I'm going towards my goals and my and my dreams and uh, which will lead to the other two uh, and three and vice versa. And I know some weeks and months and years, one pillar might be higher than the other and it'll fluctuate. But, you know, I'm currently working on, on all of the above, but I'd say right now, number one is the love. And then, you know, number two is, is the happiness. That's great. Well, you, you actually answered, I was going to ask you too, but you went ahead and a, a, uh, answered the, uh, the other question. So, Look at um, that. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you're read you're reading my mind. You're re- you're yes. reading my mind. Yes. So, um man, I just want to thank you for coming on here, just kind of sharing some of your knowledge. Uh, you know, it's again, this is just such wealth is such a I mean, you could unpack it for days. There's thousands upon thousands of books out there. There's, you know, gurus of every type that you can go listen to, but um definitely I would love to reiterate that, that, hey, if this is something that you're wanting to pursue, uh, a, a stronger wealth pillar, go talk to a financial advisor. They're not just there. They're there to help you. You know, just like uh, if you're trying to get your health pillar stronger, you're going to go see a doctor, you know, hopefully. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, hopefully you're not just reading books and taking your health into your own hands. Go see a professional. Go go seek expertise. You know, again, we're only going to see further if we stand upon the shoulders of giants. So, uh, Bill, I want to thank you so much for uh, coming on the uh, the Four Pillars, and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you next time, man. Sounds good, John. Thank you so much. I, I, it was an absolute pleasure. I appreciate it. Hey, all right, take it easy.